Ladies and gentlemen, it is Thursday. My lord of mercy, just got this friggin' music player all over the place. There we go. It's more like it. Thursday. It's April the 6th, 2023. It's No Tech Health Podcast. Glad you could join us today. Hopefully you're having a good one and you had a good solid week since we've seen you last time. Ugh. Get that water bottle down there. Every time I talk, I can just hear my voice going right in that friggin' water bottle. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's another Tech Health Podcast. Got another great show lined up for you today. And as always, glad you could join us. Uh, before we get started, as always, if you're new here, whether you're listening to us on the RSS feeds, on YouTube, or here on Twitch, welcome. Thank you for checking us out. Talk about movies, TV. Video games, random stuff. That's it, really. I, it's uh, you know, that's it. But before we start every podcast, there's a very important question I have to ask every week. It's the most important question of the week, Mister Black. How was your week? Uh, another week. Magnificent. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing's <laughs> happened. I, I gotta. I gotta ask. Um, where did that sweater come from? Oh, I just got this like a, maybe a month ago, three weeks ago. <laughs> Cut that on this, uh, some tie dye, some tie dye shit going on it's over a, there. That's what it looks like. It's, it's, it's sacks. It's a sack sweater. Oh God. They've moved into outerwear. Oh, I, I pretty much only wear sacks at this point and, and under armor. That's it. Some, <laughs> dude, shit's beyond comfortable. Super high quality. Let me guess. Just it's like the like, same material ish as the uh, as uh, the underwear. A, uh, no, not this could be too thin, but thicker. like yeah, this this is thicker than. But it than feels underwear. similar, probably. Yeah, yeah, it's it's comfortable. It's very it's very very comfortable. Mm. It's the most comfortable. I've got a line of them. I bought a I bought a few. Okay, uh, but but the follow up to that is: Do they have individual pockets for your nipples to sit in so that they're more comfortable? <laughs> No, they don't. No, there's no, there's no nipple pot. There's not any pockets. nipples still chafing. Then I, what are they doing? They're missing out on the market. They, you know, they yeah. got rid of the ball chafe, but no nipple chafe. Yeah, but the chafe feels good. It's <laughs> keeps my nipples hard, ready to go. Fantastic. Well, let's see if your nipples can cut through some video game news coming up here momentarily. My week was also more or less the same as usual. Nothing to stand out except we have a tenant. Uh, we have a tenant oh, lined up. That happened. That okay. happened. Now, mind nice. you, it's we got like I said. Uh, I was talking to Jeff, but he he kind of knows it was a possibility. But we ended up uh, we ended up going. You know, everything is is working out. So uh, it is a family member actually that's going to be moving in uh, in there. It's uh, one of my aunts, uh, and uh, and it was just good timing. She uh, she was looking to downsize. She's by herself. She's uh, my mom's older sister. Didn't need the big place that she was currently in because she's just by herself. Uh, and uh, it's a great time. The market, you know, she owns her place. Great time. The market is pretty spectacular. Uh, and she wasn't looking to continue to, uh, she's in a condo. So, you know, she owns it, but you're still paying condo fees because that weird system that will never in a million years all make all that much sense to me. But, uh, like, I well, sort of understand why, it. The reason is, is because they got to take care of the building. The grounds, so, you yes. Know, the, the roof, the grounds, the plumbing, the everything, right? The the the, the tenant or the I guess the owner of the condo. Yes. They're responsible for certain things, but the mechanics of the actual building. Yes. Are... Plus snow removal, landscaping. There's a lot of stuff. Sometimes there's a gym. 
There's other amenities. No, it's, not, it's none of that. This is like have. a town. This is like a townhome type type deal. And it's true. Yeah. Some some condo corps do a good job. She actually, ironically, she used to run a condo corp, uh, corporation. She managed uh, uh, several hundred units uh, for a, a while when she was in her younger days. Uh, and so that's obviously she was very comfortable in in the condo uh, situation. But for her now, she's like, ah, oh, it's too much. I gotta get out the game, and uh, so she called me up, and she was like, "Word on the street is you're looking for somebody to uh, to be in the basement." And I said, "Yeah." And she said, "Well, okay. How about me?" And I said, "Well, it's a lot easier than me going on fucking Facebook Marketplace and having to comb through seventy fucking people all looking to get in here and having to deal with uh, you know whatever fuckery goes on there. That's a lot easier." So yes, the answer is yes. And so uh, the process is is underway. We'll uh, we'll be uh, starting that. She'll be uh, in sometime uh, again. It's family, so the moving process doesn't have to be like immediate. She's like over the course of the next, you know, uh, six weeks or so, she'll start slowly downsizing what she's got and moving stuff in and and whatnot. So now though. Her only request was she was hoping to have a dishwasher. That's the one thing that this unit does not have currently. It has the space oh, technically. Uh, and so we're 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 we have to get uh, Smitty is coming over. We just need to double check where we're going to pull power from to power the dishwasher. The space is there. There's an 18 inch cabinet, so it will be an 18 inch dishwasher. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and thankfully we can get the fridge moved back just enough into the wall that the door can actually open fully open uh it's close but we can make uh, we can we can make it <laughs> yeah. I, I got i got uh, in the triplex when i put all the dishwashers in when you open up the dishwasher you you can't you can't have the sink uh drawers open as well so it's like as long as the sink drawers are closed you can You're open and close it no problem but if you got if you're going underneath the sink you ain't opening up that <laughs> You ain't opening up the uh, the dishwasher. It's just uh, one of those things. You know, we got so much space, right? So, uh, yeah. but yeah, it's uh, thank God they make eighteen inch dishwashers because that is a you know saves a lot of headaches and and when you're in a, in a space like that, uh, you know, one or two people don't really need a twenty four inch dishwasher. It's a lot of dishwasher, yeah. uh, and so it, it's just a nicer use of the space and leaves more importantly in this space more cabinet room. Right, instead of taking up all that extra space, so we'll be looking into that. We looked into some units. We'll have Brian over to uh, to take a peek at uh, where our electrical options. The and, only shitty uh, thing is, is an eighteen-inch dishwasher costs substantially more than a twenty-four-inch dishwasher, which is dumb, as much or it. more. It's the yeah. typical. It's like it's like anything of the what do they call it? The European style is what we call it over here, which is funny, which just means uh, not fat people shit. So like the refrigerators, Euro style is, yeah, you know much smaller or the the oven that can't fit a rotisserie chicken euro style uh I'll, I'll always laugh the first time i actually fully experienced that in halifax was before i moved back in with mom and uh and dad just pre-pandemic and i was looking for a place i was i was looking at um this place called the uh oh shit what's the name of it um it's the place across from uh our the sushi place on queen street uh, Lululemon's in the basement. Okay, it's not the tower. It's um no, but you know uh, the area. It's literally across. I know, the, yeah, I know. I know exactly the, the yeah the building. So yeah. um anyway, so I was looking at this place. And it, it was just in the midst of being finished, and and I went in to look at the the units and whatnot. And uh, after I discovered that they were still going to charge me like three hundred dollars a month for parking, 
I walked the fuck away, but other than that, it was also fun. Walked around in the units, and they were pretty nice. Uh, but she she said, here's your kitchen. I walked in, and I was like, oh, okay, kind of nice, galley style, but not not like in the typical apartments where the galley is walled on both sides. Just literally one side of the apartment had, like, the kitchen, basically, the, the cooking space and all that stuff. And the refrigerator was, like, 16 inches wide and 16 inches deep. And she was opening up and she was like, the Euro fridge, look, it's nice because you just go downstairs and you and you can buy your food for like three days and then you can like have whatever. It's nice. You don't have to like, you know, it's not this taking up all this room. And I opened up the freezer and I made the joke. I said, I got to be honest. I can get two chicken breasts in that fucking freezer right now. Two entire chicken breast going in there she said well you know okay but you know look at you got a nice little oven here also a euro style oven which was the you know you know that shit that you you know the uh, countertop know yeah. toaster oh, yeah. oven it was yeah. basically that but wall mounted to look like an oven and she opened it up and it was like a fucking mr bean sketch like the only thing that could have made it better was if it squeaked when she opened that shit it was tiny i was like all right well look at me do I look like the type of person that's going to be cooking a meal inside of that thing? And she said, well, you know, our target for this place, the Doyle, that's the name of the building, by the way, the Doyle. The, our, our target market is uh, professionals and uh, retired widows. She said retired widows, specifically widows. And I was like, this is an oddly specific market, but okay. She said, you know, you know they're, we're down here. They're just going to go buy all their food at restaurants. I was like, oh, that explains wow. the $300 parking that you're charging because you're expecting nobody to give a fuck because they're just throwing money out the fucking door on a daily basis. But once I saw those, it was the first time I ever saw them. And I was like, why are we? No, stop. Anyway, I digress. Video game shit uh, to be talked about uh, uh, this week. We got So just so everyone's aware, Mr. Black and I, actually, before we get into this, Mr. Black and I had a uh, had our uh, our bi-decade check-in on what the channel was looking looking like and what we were going to go, what direction we were taking things and tightening up the ship because right now we're, we're, as, we're as loose as a, as a hooker's butthole at the moment on the channel. It's been, we've been playing it fast and loose for a long time. We started doing the StarCraft stuff last week. Lots of you are enjoying that, uh, making you feel feel very young again and uh, youthful uh, and reminiscing of the year 2012 before the world was quite as dog shit as it is now. And so we're going to continue to do that, of course. We're going to continue to provide you with some StarCraft content, among other th- uh, amongst other things. We're trying to find a way to like make all of this be a little tighter and the ship run a little better. And so with the podcast, what does that mean? Well, we're going to be taking the news segments and just trying to get like three to five r- topics that can be talked about in any capacity. So that it's less of just reading off uh, uh, of the general high-level stuff. And then, same with movies and TV. Get a little bit of our uh, of our uh, tech support in. A few of the questions for that. A few of the questions for the StarCraft content. Uh, and we're aiming to get the podcast down to 60 to 90 minutes. Now, I like I joked before, I apologize to anyone who's stuck in four hours of traffic on a daily basis. We will no longer be your primary source of entertainment. Don't You're going to have to find somebody content. else. We yeah, that's it. your <laughs> go, go watch and listen to the StarCraft content. Tack on the StarCraft content and we'll fill the entire void. But that is the that is the uh, that is the the direction we're trying to go in. So work with us while we are working through this new format. So if it's a little bit wonky, uh, helter skelter, don't worry. It's just technical alpha. That's why we named it technical alpha. So we can't technically ever be wrong. Mister Black, 
Last week, we discussed E3 a little bit because it was in dire straits. Ubisoft mm. pulled the plug. And really, you never want to be the one that Ubisoft's pulling the plug on because everyone else is pulling the plug on Ubisoft. So if you're, if you're getting Ubisoft back out, something's gone horribly fucking wrong. But that happened. And E3, not long after the podcast, we discussed a lot of this, like hours after the podcast, in fact. E3 officially announced that it was canceled due to a lack of interest. That is what they said. A lack of interest, which That's is... an understatement. Code word for everyone left. Yep. No one gives a fuck. <laughs> All of the businesses that we were requi- uh, requi- uh, required to make this event work no longer want to be part of this event. And that's a problem. And so we have to shut the event down. Um, now, I think a lot of people saw this coming, ourselves included. We talked about it uh, a couple of times. And of course, just before all of this broke last week, uh, I do find it a little bit sad, though, Mr. Black. I'm not going to lie. I don't. I'm a, little, I'm a little bit sad. Not that I missed E3 in the sense that, like, the last few E3s that we had, even before the pandemic, were, were already starting to get a little hairy. But we did have, or I had, and, and the people that were, were part and parcel of the, uh, of the yearly event of the E3 week, we had, like, two decades worth of really good shit. And it was, it was good in that it was the one week or so a year where the industry more or less understood as a whole that there was this one place that everyone was going to show up and blow everyone's minds for what is the shit coming in the industry next. Not just next year, but usually two, three, four, five years out. Show us some new technology. Show us the big gains. Drop a console. Some crazy shit always tend to happen around E3 because everyone saved up all their goodies and then unleashed it upon the crowds uh, in the second week of June for like 20 years. Now, without that, for me, it makes the industry a little bit more boring. I like it, like his. I, I get that we still get some of this information. It's just that it's now distributed throughout the year, and it's usually the developers or publishers or whatever doing it themselves in some very specific thing. And there are reasons for that, and I've got some other some other points here. But Mr. Black is not too concerned about E3 disappearing, and that's understandable. He was never never quite into the uh, into the E3 memes uh, I didn't to mind, begin with. I didn't mind E3. I mean, I watched some of the E3 stuff. I haven't seen shit over the last however long like maybe, well they just didn't have one I for mean, two straight years one, that, yeah. yeah because of covid and stuff but <laughs> yeah even before that like back in 2018 2019 is like the last times i've kind of tuned in for the stuff mm. and i ju- i personally just think e3 is dated i think the industry has moved on um from that format of giving content like you said it's been around for decades which is great but let's be real the industry 10 years ago, 20 years ago, is much, much different, different than the industry today. Today, it's any any developer, any, um, any company can just put up a live stream and have all the focus on them. They don't have to compete. They don't, because that's what it was before, and that's what made E3 exciting. It was like... Who's going to win E3? That was like the thing. It's kind of like oh, yeah. the Oscars. It's like, who's going to win best, you know, picture Everyone of the was year grading best... all of the conferences and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's in a way, it's a bit sad that it's not happening anymore. But at the same time, the quality of E3 has gone down drastically over the last several years that we've had it. 
and less and less people are interested. It all started with like people like, hey, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to go on the other side of the street, but we're going to be in the same week. So I'm just going to do my thing. And then they started getting success and they had their own their own thing. They didn't have to fight for whoever and they could they can make it all about them. And I think that's I think that's good because let's be real, at least for me, uh, when I'm watching E3, I'm only really there to see like two different types of presentations from two different entities and the rest I could give zero and a half fucks about. And so now I can just go and tune in to the, to the, to the companies that, I, that I'm interested in and the news that I want to hear or that I'm looking forward to, to hearing opposed to listening to all the shit throughout the whole day. And I know that some people are all into it for the whole day like you were, and you, I know that you enjoyed that stuff. So, I mean, I do feel bad for guys like you and gals that enjoyed the show, but the show, it ain't the same. It no. ain't the same. It's time to let go. It's time to let go because yeah. the shit was going to keep getting dragged through the mud. And like you and I said, we didn't think it was going to last. I didn't even think it was going to, I didn't, honestly, I didn't even think it was going to happen this year. The guy, I thought it was over. Like they're going to announce it. It's not going to happen. And here we are. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I was trying to, when I heard the news, I was trying to think about the last time that E3, when it, when it happened, it was like overall good. And I couldn't quite place a date, but it was pre-2016. Yeah. Uh, there was a really rough period for E3 where they moved, where the, the the show was already faltering many, many, many years ago. And so they moved to a format where they went back to the original E3 format where uh, they only invited people from the industry to come in instead of having it be an event in which you could buy tickets to go to a show floor as a general member of the public or even a wider a wider spread of the press instead it was a very much more tightly conducted thing they were holding the shit in like um uh in uh, in just uh, uh uh hotel rooms that wasn't even yeah. in a conference it was just in hotel rooms and that was a weird period it went on for for i think it was a couple years and then they went back to the bigger bombastic thing because it just wasn't working the other way either and they had a couple of good years with that and then it just started to decay and i don't know if it's necessarily the show per se or the format of the show i do think it was like you were saying the industry has changed pretty dramatically and and yeah. in the way it's changing is that what i had here that i you know if, if i thought about it i think like you were also hitting on the competition aspect uh of it was fun to watch especially because you know other than the console war fucking freak you know freaks out there on the on the internet the the watching you know what are the big competitive forces of the industry going to come together to show off who's going to have the goods who's going to come away the the quote-unquote winner of yep. of e3 uh and that, that depends on not just you know do they have a new console or whatever but what's the first party titles and then that means what can the developers bring to e3 so there was a lot of pressure on developers from publishers and then people like uh, you know microsoft and sony who sometimes act as publishers in their capacity to have things ready for e3 and not just have something ready but have a vertical slice of their game that was 
really yeah, good to show off. It just gets rid of the pressure, and they can release shit on their own by themselves whenever they want. It's just easy. And, and it definitely, after a time with the way game development started to go, with the expense of game development, the number of people involved, the moving parts, it clearly was getting more and more difficult to have something like E3 with a fixed time and whatnot and not on the developer's terms, the publisher's terms, became more and more difficult to do without fucking the development of the game up or fucking the PR of the game up long before the game's release. And yeah. so, uh, the you know, like you were mentioning, it started with across the street. Oh, we're going to do it literally across the street in the same week. We're just going to do it over there instead because we can choose what we're going to show, when we're going to show it, et cetera, et cetera. It's the way it starts. Hey, listen, I'm just going to go out with the girls for the weekend. All right. We're going to stay at an Airbnb. We're just going to have some wine. We're just going to chill out. You know what? Why don't you stay home, have the house to yourself, play some video games, stay up all night, call your boys, go on Xbox Live, do your thing. You're like, okay, you know, that's cool. Next thing you know, you know what? The girls and I, we're just going to go to Mexico. We're just going to go to Mexico for seven days. <laughs> we're just going to Mexico. Nothing's going to happen. It's a bachelorette party. You know, you know, I, I got invited. We, we got a steal of a deal because we all booked at the same time. There's 15 of us going, so we got it at bare. You know, it, it, listen, I, I picked up extra hours at work. I'm going to do that until and you're not even going to notice it from the bank account. You know what? For the next seven days, why don't you just hang with the boys? You know, I know there's a big UFC event coming. Why don't you just chill, hang out? Next thing you know it, you know what? I just put two dicks in my mouth. That was it. It was just two dicks <laughs> went into my mouth. Just well, we didn't even start with mouth. one. We went yeah, straight just, to two. Just two dicks. Two dicks went into my mouth. <laughs> it's not a big deal. I sucked them. I did not like them as much as yours. I swear everything is good. We should go to marriage counseling. Everything will be okay. <laughs> That's where it begins. And now marriage is over. It's over. Uh, We're getting a divorce. Honey, it's I'm done. on OnlyFans, but it's just work. You understand that there's a difference between getting fucked for money and getting fucked at home by you. Two different things. Work and play. Very different. Can't compare oh. them. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm getting nailed by dudes with a ten and a half inch penis, and they're ripped out of their minds. And yeah, I enjoy it, and they are definitely satisfying me more than you while I'm getting paid money at the same time. But don't worry about it. It's fine. It's just work. Don't worry. It's just work. Don't worry. Like, I didn't sign a prenup. So I don't really want to leave you because you're going to take half of the money from me sucking all this dick. It's nothing or personal. Licking all this V or whatever the case may be. It's nothing personal, but I am going to keep you around here so that you're miserable. Um, <laughs> and uh, we'll just go along. That's what's happening with E3 right now. Yes. Uh, and now E3 is, has, has gone and left the conversation entirely. I don't think there's any more coming back. E3 has gone away in the past for various reasons, you know, not even covid necessarily but i think this is just done done now if they try again i wouldn't even know why they would try again i i don't they, well, they would no. have to be uh, there would have to be some serious years. guarantees in about oh. 10 years there'll they're be a try. random announcement <laughs> that e3 is coming back and they're going to try and rally the troops together they're going to do things a little bit differently and they're going to try it out one time it's going to take 10 years but somebody there's going to there's going to be some like 50 year old dude that left a company in a high position and he's like you know what i just loved e3 growing up and i think i can just bring it back and he's gonna realize real quick that nobody gives a fuck and they're gonna try it out and then that's that so nobody giving a fuck uh, uh just to to spin off of that the interesting point in all of this discussion around e3 getting closed down of course is that and the, the industry moving forward and changing is that summer game fest is a thing you know, Mr. Jeff Keeley's Summer Game Fest. 
which for all intents and purposes is a slightly modified version of E3 in that he he has managed to in some way shape or form he doesn't get the full show from Microsoft or Sony or whatever the fuck else but he gets something enough to put a show together to slap a shitload of ads on top of but he makes something happen and more specifically he is able to in some capacity that E3 failed at especially in its later years allow smaller indie developers or smaller not AAA developers have the ability to pay for a slot to get on a show that allows them to advertise their game in a way that they wouldn't have an opportunity otherwise. But the question that I have is, is now now that they're gone, and by the way, when E3 announced this shit, it was savage as fuck. Jeff Keighley immediately was out here doing, like, salute hand, like emojis and shit. The Summer Game Fest account was fucking memeing and shit. Like, like they did everything but post that, that meme picture, the guy leaning next to the fucking grave... You know, headstone doing the peace sign. Like, it's basically... It's basically that. It was like, my God. Bro, it hasn't even been 24 hours. Calm down, Jeff. I mean, let's be real. It's been dead for years anyway. So, I mean, now it's just like, official. Damn. So, anyway, they're doing all that. But my question is, of course, now at this point, obviously they're, they're doing it and they're being successful with it right now. More successful than E3, which is, at this point, a very low bar. How long does Mr. Keeley get to run Summer Game Fest or grow it beyond where it is? Because he's been growing it on a yearly basis to his credit. How long can he do that or sustain or grow that before a similar fate befalls Summer Game Fest? Because companies are going, yeah, we had a little toe in the water with you. We were giving you some stuff, some world exclusives, but now like we can't, we just, everything is in our court. Now we're doing the Xbox direct. We're doing the Sony state of, 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 of play. We're doing the Nintendo direct. None of the shit's happening. And even the, even the indie developers are like, fuck this shit. TikTok influencers. Just that's, that's the new hotness. Get away from summer game fest. So how long do you think Jeff Keeley? realistically has before they may experience the same fate as e3 mr black it just all depends on how he runs it and Mm. what he's trying to get out of it i mean if he's Mm. trying to make this some sort of big uh big event that like prints money and stuff like that like then then he ain't gonna last long but if it's a if it's a passion project he wants to do it for the for the industry um and there's a little there's little expectations and they're willing to foot a lot of the bill, then I mean, I could, it could last. It could last ten years. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I think there needs to be some kind of event for video games. I mean, obviously, we have like the video game awards. Also, Jeff Keighley. Also, Jeff Keighley, <laughs> uh, which kind of helps his credibility uh, substantially. And and you know, who who runs E three? Like, who is the guy or the gal that runs E three? Yeah, I it's a he- it's it's a faceless organization. It's exactly. not a, a, like Jeff Keighley is a face who was already known and respected in games Correct. journalism ahead of time. And so people people will will follow him as long as he's doing the right things. He's creating the right amount of hype. He's got his pulse on the actual industry. People enjoy the 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 video game awards. Um, he's done a great job with that. That has actually been getting better as well. Um, so. You know, it, this could last a decade long if 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 he goes in with the right expectations and he and he he goes at it correctly. But if he tries to turn it into this money printed machine, I mean, it's going to fail. It's it's going to fail horribly. 
But uh, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be fine for a while, and I think he's going to be even more fine now that E3 is gone. Yeah, well, yeah, he, he was already he was already winning, but now he is one in that in yes. that instance. So, yeah. uh, so you kind of answered it there the, at the at the in in your response to that. But in general, do you think the industry as it stands actually still needs an event like this, or do you think that it is fine to be left to its own devices, where it's just spread throughout the year ad hoc whenever? whenever they decide to do their their own thing like do you think this is a net benefit or do you think it's not really needed anymore i don't think it's needed but it is appreciated and it's welcomed so like if it's done right and you have enough people on board it's not needed but it's it's it should be celebrated because at the end of the day we're gamers it's like do we do we need uh, um, do we need like a a, a Comic Con? Do we need a, a a Star Wars Con or whatever they call that shit? Do we need a a lot of these different things? No, you don't need them, but it's appreciated, and there is value there as long as you go at it correctly. And um, yeah, uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's selling too many more copies of video games or consoles. I think it's just more of a celebration. And sometimes there's some big news that creates a lot of hype, and that's great. But let's be real. They can release that big news and create a lot of hype on their own. They don't need to have a physical venue with an online community watching live. But it doesn't hurt. It gives it gives publishers and the, the creators a little bit more legitimacy when it's put under that spotlight and it's not controlled by yourself where mm. it's like you have your own agenda. It's it, you're feeding people only what they want to see. And yes, you're going to do that regardless at a, at a show, but at least with the show, it's about the show and not necessarily about how like the show is going to, they're going to, they're going to say how the show runs, but the, the, the publishers, they're just, the developers are just there to show off their stuff. They're not in control of the entire venue and, and how things are presented and stuff as a whole yeah yeah I, so. I agree yeah i agree I, I i don't think it's necessary i i also agree that that as long as the scope and the intention of summer game fest is uh is not to necessarily go out and make uh jeff Keeley a multi 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 millionaire but to well, just do is. it well, but- he's, he's he's already making money but like you know what i mean where like that's yeah. not the primary driver yeah, because if that becomes the case then i think it becomes an e3 where Correct. you you have a problem um becomes and too I, corporate becomes too and people are already it. on keely for how much advertisements are included in these events which it's i don't think that's there because he wa- i don't think jeff keely wants his event to be 50 percent fucking advertisements but i think that's also a good indicator of how expensive an event like this is and what is necessary in order to even have the thing run and yeah. so with and especially if you take away the the charge that E3 would have been would have been asking yeah. of its attendance if you take that away and you're not charging a bunch of money you got to make the money from somewhere and so advertisements are like the the key driving factor so stuff like that but yeah i i I don't think it's necessary as well but i also agree it's appreciated i i know i appreciate it i think that it's it's one of the few 
And Jeff Keighley did this in a really cheesy, a really cheesy way at one of the events. But it was also kind of nice at the same time because it like video game the 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 console war bullshit and everything. It's like a weird, it's like a weird. It's almost like the Olympics. You know what I mean? Where the Olympics happen and and all the athletes are there and they're interacting with one another from all these different countries around the world, where many countries typically from a political standpoint or whatever are at each other's throats all the time but when the athletes get there sometimes it's a reminder that the average citizens are not really part of that fucking bullshit and they just get together to celebrate sport and be together as humans and and not want to be at each other's throats the whole time and it was similar with with uh with when he brought like the three heads of the companies, you know, he had Nintendo on stage, he had Sony on stage, he had Microsoft on stage, simultaneously, you know, being representative, standing next to one another, instead of just having the the event be about, like, it's Sony versus Microsoft versus Nintendo, who's bringing the goods, who's doing the best, and it's like, no, forget all that shit, we're playing all these games anyway. We just want to see, we're just excited to be here to see what the industry's bringing next. And I think that's why, you know, what, what I appreciated about it is just seeing that shit. Because it is kind of like a mini, like, gamer Christmas. You watch it, you're like, what the fuck are we getting? What's coming up? Show me the goods. Because, yeah, I can, sh- I can see, like, Unreal Engine 5 demo reels on YouTube now. I just go and see them now. But there's something different about it just getting released on a YouTube channel and having it be part of, like, you know, a a kind of a bigger bombastic promotional package that gets you excited about what the future of video games looks like. It's a bit of a different situation. So, either way, E3, RIP, Jeff Keighley has uh, has officially won. and, uh, And it will definitely be interesting to see now how that affects summer game fest if at all what direction they take the show differently if at all and of course the length and time like we were just discussing that that uh, that event can continue on um and yeah there you have it the goat himself speaking of one of the heads of the companies mr black the goat himself miyamoto said during a recent interview with variety i believe the interview was in relation to the mario movie uh when uh, when this interview was happening but he said in an interview with variety uh to please stay tuned for future nintendo directs with a smile on his face not that he's ever not smiling that man is in a perpetual state of smiling uh when asked about when the next mario game was going to drop now clearly i think we all understand that at any given moment in time there is a mario game currently being worked on uh, the that hasn't stopped since 1983. That has been a perpetual state of motion for Nintendo is to constantly have some mainline Mario uh, party, or not Mario party, but Mario, Mario game in development. With that being said, the way in which he engaged in that interview question makes it sound like we are closer rather than farther away from hearing about the next main Mario project. So, my question is, especially since Mr. Black is particularly fond of the mainline Mario games in general. I believe he's played basically all of them, uh, to my knowledge, including the more recent uh, Galaxies. Did you play the really recent one the, uh, that just yeah. came, that came out? I say yeah. just, it was years ago now. Uh, what do you think, what direction do you think, if, they, if they're going to, because they always do something a little different. What direction do you think Nintendo might take with the next mainline Mario game, or... If you don't really have an idea, because who knows what the fuck Miyamoto and, his, and crew have got in their minds, what direction would you like to see them take 
if they haven't already done something uh, uh, you know that you'd, you'd like to see with the mainline Mario games? I mean, I think they're just going to keep making the shit they've been making. So, like, <laughs> open-world Mario uh, thing, I don't know about the galaxies and, 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 and stuff, maybe. Um, I would personally like to see them go back to the roots and make, an, like, like an old-school platformer. Mm. Um, you know, just like Super Mario World on Super Nintendo or something along those lines. I know we kind of get that with, like, Mario Maker and things like that, but an actual game in this in this uh graphical environment i think it would be kind of a cool thing and they can they could definitely do a lot more uh than what they used to be able to but i don't think that's the route they're going to go um but yeah i don't know i mean nintendo just makes good games so i'm sure whatever they decide to do it'll be playable it'll be replayable and it'll be fun so you know and i'm sure they're going to I take this with a bit of a grain of salt. Like, I, I don't know if we're going to get an announcement of a new Mario game coming up. I mean, we've got Zelda coming out. They're going to put a lot of their effort and and, and focus into that. They're not going to want to undermine or undercut it by announcing a new Mario game. But I think they're also just doing this now because Mario just hit theaters. And they, want, they, they just want to create some buzz, some hype, give people a reason to go out to the movie theaters and remind people that the Mario movie is out there and to go watch it. I think that's really what this is. Yeah, I mean, why? I would certainly agree, especially given the context of the interview. I, yeah, I, I agree that we're probably not going to hear about a new mainline Mario until after Tears of the Kingdom is dropped. Um, although with Nintendo, they could announce it and then just never fucking come out for like another five years. But uh, regardless, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what direction they're going to take. I mean, Odyssey, the, the two Odyssey games were quite a, a, oh, like a, a, a change of yeah, direction. A yeah, a detour from their typical, uh, their typical uh, kind, of, uh, kind of setup. And then Odyssey was, was also still kind of venturing uh, but it was closer like odyssey was closer to like a sunshine than it was uh an an, an odyssey oh not odyssey a uh, galaxy. galaxy so i don't know which direction they're going to take i mean uh, um odyssey was very popular it was a very good game i i played and finished odyssey it was it was really good um it almost resembled a new age mario 64 it felt like that yeah. uh, of sorts so I'd be okay with that, but I, I agree if they could find a way, and this is just old man nostalgia talking, but if they could find a way of merging a, uh, a Mario Odyssey style, but make it feel more like you were still going from stage to stage, there's something about Mario that like, uh, or, or older Mario games, we were going from stage to stage yeah. that triggers something in my brain differently than having castle. it be purely open world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I would like to see them go in a direction like uh, like that. Now you're you know, you're going to get like a new fucking hat or some shit. There's always a new a new suit or a new hat or, or something along those lines. But well, that's just to sell toys. That's and just fucking merchandise, and every, they're going to do that every time. And no it's like an easy way to add a new mechanic too, right? It's like we well, got to yeah. do something new, so uh, fuck it, new hat, and it does something new. Uh, but yeah, I, I would like to see them maybe go in a direction like, uh, like that for me personally, but I, as we all, they're going to be, it's going to be a good video game, whatever it is and whenever it comes out. 
Uh, but all eyes are, like you said, currently on Tears of the Kingdom uh, and what that brings with it. I think they're already packaging to... If they've not already sold out, they probably have a long time ago a uh, the OLED version of the Switch that will come with Tears of the Kingdom or a Tears of the Kingdom skin of some kind. And so, yeah, all of their efforts are, are into that for now, but uh, we'll have to wait and see when uh, Mr. Miyamoto drops the bomb, so to speak. Uh, perhaps the strangest news of this week, Mr. Black, is the seemingly well-founded rumor that Sony is working on another handheld. This one, this one's codenamed Q-Lite, which is a terrible code name, but that's okay. Code names are meant to be a bit stupid sometimes. Um, so just to give you an overview of what is understood to, you know, about this at this juncture, and this is more or less corroborated by uh, Jeff Grubb, who has lots and lots of very uh, uh, good contacts and is rarely completely wrong about, uh, about, uh, about these things. Apparently, it requires you to already own a PS5 to use, as it is meant to stream games from the PS5 to the Q-Lite in what is currently listed as a 1080p60 video. Uh, PlayStation is already up against poor sales in the PSVR 2. In fact, it was almost a news story I covered this week, but that's just the gist of it. They are way underneath their projected sales for the PSVR 2. I wouldn't be surprised if that's just because, one, it's expensive as fuck, and two, there's not that many games to justify spending that much money on the PSVR 2. So that's already a problem, Mr. Black, for uh, for PS5 as it stands. Uh, So... Another piece of niche equipment being tacked on, which is, I mean, if I had to guess at what the price for this would be, it can't be less than 199 USD. I like, I mean, that's that's got to be your floor. They're not going to release a handheld for fucking 17.99, so it's at least going to be 200 bucks USD, which is a substantial amount of money to tack on top of the console itself. And as I said, you need the console to to play. That's the current assumption. What do you think about that before I go any further? So if Sony comes out and says, I've got, I know, I know this is dear, not the idea. market, but do you think this horrible. is just it's horrible? <laughs> it's horrible. It's dog shit. It's stupid. <laughs> For obvious reasons, right? It's bad. It's like, what, what the fuck am I going to need a handheld? I need to have a PS5 to have the handheld. Why don't I just play in the fucking thing on my TV? Do I, can I even, can I travel with this handheld and play my ps5 does the fucking ps5 have to be on at home like it's just dumb it's stupid i don't even like so with that being with that being said and those are the reasons i would agree with with that being said let's assume for a moment what if this device didn't need a ps5 but instead just needed a playstation online membership which then had access to the games in which like you it knows what games you own that are attached to your account right so as long as you have the online membership and it can see what games now you can just stream them to that device anywhere like you were saying what if i can just be anywhere playing my shit it's not playing them natively yeah no i get i get it i get it and i don't want to have to go into a a 30 minute conversation about fucking latency and cloud shit oh no we don't need any of that i'm just as an idea does that make it any better it's dumb (laughs) just you have the best selling console on the market fucking make games make fucking games stop giving us garbage hardware to buy that people fucking buy and it sits in their goddamn drawer on the side of their bed and it just gets dust. And then you see shit tons of them after three months 
go on Facebook Marketplace or Kijiji or Craigslist for sale so they could fucking sell it and go buy a Nintendo Switch. It is, it's a horrible idea, dude. It's a it's horrible not, idea. It's not solving any, like, what does a product te- typically need to do? It needs to solve some kind of problem, right? So, you know, it's technically solving a problem, but it's not a problem that enough people have to likely justify having... What problem is it solving? Uh, them, I guess, wanting to play their PlayStation games on the go. But Sony doesn't want to pay developers to develop games specifically for another handheld, like a Vita, but like, oh which, like Jeez. you're saying, makes sense because they have the best-selling console right now. They just outsold another month yes. of yes. Switch, so yes. it makes sense that they would want to focus all of their developers to just say, "Look, guys, we don't have multiple SKUs. We have one. It's called the PS5. Make games for the PS5." The exception to that rule is the PSVR2, which, as we understand, is different SKUs or, or different, uh, yeah, different SKU, which means different games from the developers to to make it viable, which it is currently not, and why it's not selling very much. So to have this, it would mean they don't have to make games for multiple SKUs. It just means that Sony has to shoulder the ability to stream those to their device, assuming. That's that would be the way to do it and not actually require a PS5. Now, Xbox solves this exact same problem, but I think they do it a million times better, and they haven't even pushed it that hard oh, yet. Game Pass. Well, Game Pass and X and and then and then it's uh, what do they call it? X Play or whatever. So it is their streaming service, but you can use any fucking device that can run the streaming service. So you don't need to buy a separate one. You got a smartphone? Great. You can use it. And stream your Xbox games to your fucking phone. Done. You don't need to buy a two hundred dollar plus. Who who does? You know, handheld. Dude, like. Anyway, right now, not very many people. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, guys. Fifteen years from now, a lot of people. But right now, not very many people. Like I, I honestly can. I in my life, and I'm not bullshitting. In. (laughs) My 36 years of living on planet Earth, all right, and my last, like, 15 years of being a hardcore gamer and being in the industry for over a decade, all right, I have not heard of one person, (laughs) one, that is like, dude, I just want to play my console games on my phone or my iPad. Or my fucking whatever. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And I'm not <laughs> talking out my ass. It doesn't happen. If I, if, dude, I travel three, four times a year, okay? And I go to places like Las Vegas where it is a mecca of people from all over the world. I'm on planes. I'm on buses, I'm in taxis, I'm in lobbies, I'm in hotels, I'm at conferences, I'm in stadiums, and I have never in my life seen somebody playing their PS5 or PS4 or Xbox or Xbox One or whatever console on their fucking phones. It, you know what they're playing? Candy Crush. They're they're swiping Tinder. They're fucking they're doing shit that people with phones do. Nobody gives a flying fuck about playing fucking full-blown AAA games on their smartphone. Who does that? Who does it? 
Well, very few games on our AAA titles would scale to a phone, like in terms of like the UI and stuff, well, right? That's a hurdle. Some games, it, it can be done and, and it would make sense to a degree, but there are a lot of games Bruh. that uh, like you would just never be able Bruh. without the user interface being changed so that it works on a phone this big. So then what do you got to do? Well, you got to take, take a fucking controller with you too. Well, people that play games it. on their phone that much, they just have the one that attaches to the sides oh, of your phone to turn it into a, a Twitch. <laughs> Get a fucking life, loser. Get off your fucking video games for 15 minutes while you travel. Or fucking three, four hours. You gotta fucking pack a backpack, an armored backpack so your shit don't break. You gotta take $3,000 worth of equipment. You've got your handy, ba- you got your fucking controllers there. You gotta, you gotta... You're just a dick. You're a fucking dick. If if somebody was sitting next to me on a plane and they got to pull out a fucking battery pack and a hard drive and a fucking <laughs> graphics card and you got to snap it all together and you got to get a certain type of thing and then you need battery packs for your fucking hardware because it's juicing the shit out of everything. You're a dick. Get <laughs> off your fucking shit for 10 minutes. Read a book. Go to the library. Get a Kindle. Do something. You're an asshole, in my opinion. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's too much. It's too much. I'm being a bit. I'm, I'm being a little bit over the top, but you know what I'm saying. You're just, just stop the madness, man. I mean, I'm being a bit facetious, but you know what I'm saying. I, I get. I get just you. There, I, I. I agree. I agree. There's a a a limit to where it gets a bit silly. Now. Do I agree that there's a, a stark contrast between having a a controller thing that goes around your phone to turn it into a, like, so you're not using the screen as the buttons and it. taking a Nintendo Switch with you? I don't think there's, like, an enormous difference there. But I understand if you're getting to the point where you've got, you know, the guy that has an, an Xbox Series S with the fold-up fucking screen attached to it. You're you, that, a dick. Now you're that's a getting a bit... Dick. That's getting Dude, a bit excessive. Touch some grass and get some pussy or some dick, <laughs> whatever it is that you're into. Do that, all right? This ain't 1990 anymore when it was cool to have your PlayStation on the go and a screen that folds up. Like, you were the fucking man back then. It's like, God damn, you, you're gaming on the go. It's like, dude, it's 2023. You, there are so many different games and shit you just play on your phone. You just download from the store. Who wants to take their PlayStation 5 wherever they go on the go? You can't stop playing for, for, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just old. Maybe I'm just old, bro. But I can't even see the kids. I can't even, dude, if I went to a high school, a junior high school, what kids are taking their fucking PlayStation 5s and playing Fortnite on the school grounds? Well, nobody, I don't think anybody's expecting them to take, take a PS5 with them playing on the school ground. But, like, if you're streaming games on your, that you have your account access to because it's hand, being handled by, like, let's say Microsoft's Azure servers and it's just piping you the game to your phone via streaming, Bruh. that's a different situation a little I'm bit. I'm old school. I'm old school. All right. A little bit. If I'm buying a console, I'm buying it, sit my black ass down in front of a fucking TV. Yes. And I'm shutting off the world. And I'm in, I'm I'm escaping. I'm not trying to get that experience on the go. It's like everything's <laughs> gonna be on the go. Whatever happened to just your own little sanctuary 
where you just go in your gaming room and you just fucking game? Nobody, I'm gonna nobody... guess. It, I'm gonna guess it disappears for the people that have to be on a bus for three hours a day to get to and from work. It's probably those people. Uh, I mean, that's called that's called responsibilities. All right, that's called responsibilities. I'm sorry, man. Well, you gotta be on a yeah, bus to be very responsible to go to work. But what I mean is, you gotta pass hours? the you gotta pass the time. Ah, damn. That's some heavy responsibility. You stuck in traffic for three fucking hours, bro. On uh, fuck me, I, I guess. <laughs> I guess. But is the market that big for that? Holy shit, I don't know. <laughs> not man. right now. Know. It is definitely, not, I agree with you. Right now, it's have, not. And do you have half a not. billion dollars to do this? All right, think about this for a second, all right? You're on the bus for three hours. <laughs> Which is some right, shit. That's, that's some fucking shit right there. But you've got enough money to buy a PlayStation 5, to buy the games, to buy your extra little controller for your phone. You've got a $3,000 iPhone on top of that. And you got all this gear, and you're riding the bus? Well, I think that's why the Microsoft solution makes way more sense. You're right. You're a bus rider and you got $7,000 worth of gaming equipment so you can play on the go. Buy a fucking car, man. Well, and that's a lot, playing, that's, that's a lot more shit. expensive. Fuck, I buy a fucking beater, bro. I drove beaters forever in a day. Well, I mean. I got a beater to go uh, to work. You can get a smartphone that can play the Xbox shit stream oh for like $400. I, I don't think Jesus. that's changing. You know, oh. you know what I thought about this? This is funny. Just ta- tangentially. So I just sold the other day one of the first. I'm trying to get rid of my old analog audio equipment, right? So I just sold my old DPX 1066 XS, which is one of the greatest performant uh, microphone compressor limiter gates that money can buy. It's everyone uses this shit. It's been made for fucking decades. It's amazing. It's worth in Canadian dollars a little over two hundred bucks, brand new. This this unit has been used very little and is still in the box with the fucking foam sides and the plastic, the whole nine yards. I put that bitch up. I got a hundred and thirty dollars for it. Okay, now back back in the day. Which was, you know, not that long ago. 130 bucks for a unit that I paid 220 bucks for. Pretty good turnaround. It's an older unit, you know. It's, it's not been used, but it's older. That's great. But when I went to the door and she handed me this money, which I still have here, by the way. This is the money I've got here. It's my our Canadian Monopoly money. Uh, and I don't know what she had in her car. It's not like this is the strongest air freshener in that fucking car. It's on the money for fuck's sake. Like shit smells like like Febreze. So either this shit's like fucking hooker money that they sprayed with Febreze or something else. But she hands me the money. And I was, and I brought, took it downstairs and I really looked at it and I went, how far does $130 go right now? And then I remembered my last, my last trip to the grocery store and it wasn't even the major run. Like the major run was at the Costco. It was at like the, the, the Sobeys at the end where it was like, you know, I bought like three things. And it Get was fucked. like a a ninety dollar bill for like three things, and I went, "Yeah, dude." Yeah. So dude. like this hundred and thirty dollars for a compre- a fucking professional yeah, level audio compressor, yeah, or two ba- two shit. boxes of spinach, twenty four eggs, and yeah. a carton of milk. And so shit. when I think about like a person going out and they're on the bus for three hours, but they own a $400 smartphone, it's hard for me to look at them and go, you bought a $400 smartphone and you ain't got a car? Dude, let's be real, man. The people that have (laughs) smartphones aren't paying $400. They're paying $1,000, $2,000 for a phone. Let's just just call it what it is. Sure, sure. That's like two months worth of car payments. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a lot. You know? <laughs> that's that's uh, you know that that's that's a lot. Anyway, a Corolla is like five hundred bucks right I'm, now. Shit's crazy. What I'm trying. What I'm trying to say is, no. All right. <laughs> go buy. Go buy a Nintendo Switch. All right. They do it right. They just do it right. Okay. And it's there's true. a reason why it's like the best selling fucking. That's why Nintendo does it. Sony, you've tried this. You went down this road. It ain't for you. Your ideas suck. Your hardware's dog shit. The Vita was pretty fucking good, though. Come on, man. It sold like ass. Nobody yeah, I know it's sold by I know it's sold by ass, but the the, the unit itself was really good. I feel Dude, like it just good. it was too it, expensive it, at it, the time. It's good. It's good for you. It's, it's good for the type of gamer you are. Yes, but, but for not the, the for masses. The vast majority of people. I agree. It, it was fucking shit. It was not a. Good, it was not inviting. It was not a fun console. It was sleek. It was nice. It was crisp. The screen was great. Dude, I have one. There, I mean, listen. The that Vita, screen still the, looks better than the it Switch. It still looks good. It still looks good. <laughs> All Miz sucks. That's the problem. That's Does the it problem. suck or the game sucked? The game sucked. Okay, right? The go, game man. sucked. The game sucked. Anyway, what's next? So in, in conjunction idea. with this, the, the building off of, the, off of that, uh, and, and I know Jeff's still a little salty about this because he was supposed to get one, then they canceled it on him. The Steam Deck. Another portable solution. Uh, this time for PC games, of course. Uh, that's one where I have seen a lot of people. There's a lot of hype, tons of hype for Steam Deck. Everyone's so excited. People. They a lot got of it. People selling Steam Decks right now. A lot I of haven't, bro. Steam decks. Bro, you know what I see for people with Steam Deck? I see them post like once every like couple of months, like on the couch playing a game that you could play on literally anything on their fucking like very expensive steam deck that has like a th- fucking hour and a half battery life and sounds like a jet airplane taking off the only thing i wanted a steam deck for was to hook it up into my media room into the theater <laughs> that i didn't have to have a computer in there put an hdmi into that fucking projector and go that's all <laughs> i wanted to do and bro i'm so happy i didn't buy it because i probably would have used it one time yeah and it'd be sitting in there because I don't go in there and game anyway. I just want to say that I could. It was like, it's like one of those things. The boys come over. Hey, guys, I got a Steam Deck. Y'all want to just fucking <laughs> play some games? And that's the only time it would ever get used. So, so it's another bad idea. With the, with the hype that was around the Steam Deck, right? And the Steam Deck, as we all understand, came around because the Switch came around. And the Switch proved that people want some form of mobile gaming of some kind, clearly. It still needs games. You can't, like the Vita, you can't just put out good hardware and have no games that people want to play because there ain't nobody going to buy your fucking console. But obviously with the Switch selling 120 million units, somebody said, fuck, we have got to be able to sell like a tenth of that shit. Some, we got, somebody's got to be able to do it. So Steam came out with the Steam Deck. And then everyone said, hey, the hype around Steam Deck was pretty fucking good. Maybe we should get on this thing. So we got a couple people that have tried to come out with some stuff. None of them's really put a dent in anything, but Asus or Asus, depending on who you're talking to, have decided to announce that they are entering the market for this uh, specific deal, and it's uh, their Steam Deck alternative is called the Ally, which I gotta admit is kind of a neat little fucking name for a console that you take on the go with you. I think it's kind of cute. Uh, from uh, Now, from this, we can, uh, we can, uh, we can draw some direct comparisons, because they're basically the same idea. The difference is, of course, Asus's model does not use... The Steam OS. It uses Windows 11. They're installing Windows 11 on all of their units. So that's step one. Step two, it has a Zen 4 processor instead of a Zen 2. That's a little newer. As you can tell, there's two more numbers between 2 
and 4, which means it's better, clearly. So, Zen 4 instead of Zen 2 with, 100, uh, with a 1080p, 120Hz screen. Uh, and they specifically said reduced fan noise because, again, the Steam Deck... And I'm not going to say it's a PS4 Pro playing God of War, but it, it gets up there. It gets loud. Uh, and as I said, Windows 11 instead. Which, Windows 11, obviously, you're, you have a mini computer at that point, so you have more options. Emulators would be even easier to run, etc., etc. You've got a lot of other options you can do with, these, with this thing. But finally, it appears that they're also mentioning that to play to Jeff's point, for example, if he wanted to take it uh, and not have to have a full computer set up, uh, but he also wanted to plug it into, uh, let's say, a 150-inch projector and play in the room when the boys come over and be, hey, boys, look what I can do, and then put this shit up on the screen. Uh, it looks like it's going to be able to, they're mentioning, plug into an external GPU while at home so that you get extra graphical power. So when you are playing it on a screen that's bigger and you want a higher resolution, it will be a possibility if that's what you want to do, which is kind of similar to what we were talking about, the possibilities for a Nintendo Switch, where we were comparing handheld versus dock mode, where it might have been nice for Nintendo to extend the life of a Switch, whereby they would have allowed themselves to plug into the dock, which would have an external GPU in it to give it more grunt, so you weren't playing, you know, Tears of the Kingdom while crying over five frames per second. That's kind of where they're going with that. So if you want to. Now, clearly, that would cost God knows how much fucking money to get an external GPU. But it's just that the option is, is fucking there. And the market size for this, small. But for whatever reason, they're hopping in on it. And uh, clearly, people want something like that. We're just in that phase Do in they? the market. In, well, Do they? Well, as, as long as Nintendo sells 120 million, bruh, their answer bruh. in their marketing department will be, we in research and development will be. Well, they're wrong. There's got to be. They're wrong. <laughs> they're wrong. The masses do not want this. They do not want this. They think that it's stupid. I think that it's <laughs> stupid. I think it's convoluted. I don't want the option to plug my handheld into a fucking external graphics card to give it more power so that I can go and play it on a bigger screen. Suck a fat dick. This is a horrible <laughs> idea. It's dog shit. It's going to fail horribly. All right. It's going to be a horrible failure, a, an astronomical failure. It's a waste of complete money. You want to know why the Switch does well? You want to know why it's, it's, it's fucking incredible? It's you games. Know? I, I, I have it. I, I have the answer. It's games. It has games. And you know what else? You know what else it has games? It has games made for the Nintendo Switch. Oh, and you know what else? It's Nintendo. <laughs> They have been doing it's a very handhelds. important. It's a very important part. They have been doing handhelds forever and a day since Game Boy. Game Boy, which came out in what, 1991? Something like that? Maybe even earlier than that? I'd have to go double the check. The original Game Boy? I can't remember. I don't think it was Game in the late Boy. 80s. Like 1992? Release date. 1989. Oh, it was 89. Wow, the, the original Boy was 89. came out in 1989. What the fuck was Sony doing with games in 1989? Well, no, nothing because they tried to join forces with Nintendo and then they ended up splitting and one became the PlayStation and the other became the N64. What has Xbox been doing? Well, they, they, they didn't exist. They didn't exist. Yeah. 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 You see, this is a track record. They have been grooming and breeding gamers to play on their handhelds 
since 1989. All right? These guys are jumping in to create a handheld, and they have no games for their handheld. In fact, they want you to own another $500 console and have already bought games so that you can emulate those same games or streamline those games on a handheld. There is something beautiful about owning a Switch where I can go to Best Buy, buy a game, go in my car, open up the box, slide the game in there, press the power button, and I am playing it. Then and there. There's no cloud magic. There's no other consoles being ran. There's no backpack with 30 pounds of hardware and 18 battery chargers, which cost you more than the damn console itself. It is a game. It is a known IP from a reputable company that also knows that they can't win the console war, by the way. All right? They understand this. They have their lane. They're owning the lane. They run the lane. They, any other console that tries to come in the way of Nintendo will die. And you know why? Because at the end of the day, everybody's playing on the Switch. Nobody gives a fuck about the Stream Deck. Nobody's going to give a single fuck about the Asus, whatever the hell ally ally this is. You don't win money with a good name. You win money with a good product. And by the sounds of it, 1080p, 20 hertz screen with reduced fan noise for shit that I already own. The answer is a big, unequivocal no. If you were to go into any high school, any junior high, any elementary school, and you you say, hey, kids, how would you love the sound of an Asus ally? Or, hey, kids, how would you like the new version of the Nintendo Switch? They're going, yeah, Nintendo Switch. And they want the Nintendo Switch. And they can change their little joysticks to be different colors. And they got their little Mario people. And they can play their Fortnite and whatever else the fuck they want to do on the Switch. These are all going to fail. A horrible, horrible death. The Sony one is going to. This Asus one is going to. And any of the other ones that decide to come out. Look what happened with things with the Shield. And these other things that came out. And all these side things. Dead, dead, dead. Nobody wants it. Stick to the console. Sony. Stick to your console. You got a winner. Make games for your console. All right? Let Nintendo be the thing that people use for three hours on the bus. And if they don't, guess what they're using? One of these. One of these. They don't want your shit. One out of 5,000 gamers think this is a cool idea. You know why? Because those people that are buying the shit are tech heads like you. That, that's it. They're tech heads like you. Uh, just, just, be, just, just to be clear, I don't even own this shit. Okay, well then there you go. All right? <laughs> I don't just, even they, own this shit. They just want the fucking new shit, and there ain't enough people. To, look what happened to Stadia. It's all dead. It, it's going away. It, they need to stop looking at what Nintendo, because they sell a bajillion handhelds, and they need to look at why they sell a bajillion handhelds. They're in two totally different markets. I digress. Well, it's time to get back on for a moment, Jeff, because it's now time for selling out for the podcast. Patreon.com slash lag TV. Guys, we're doing StarCraft again. If there's ever a time to throw money at the damn Patreon, it's now. It's now. Now is the time. The gates have opened. Head on over there and throw it all. 
Forget the bus <laughs> money. All right? Don't go out and buy an ally. All right? Make us your ally. <laughs> you ride the bus, Patreon. but you sub to our Patreon? Damn, man. Come on. <laughs> buy a car. Well, you know what? If you have a car and you're not subscribed, sell the car. Give us the money <laughs> on Patreon and take the bus. You want you 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 cheap motherfucker. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Keep your car. All right. Fuck us. All right. But hey, if you want to support us outside of Patreon, you go to NordVPN. NordVPN.com slash OTT. Head on over there. Get yourself a two-year subscription, and you get four bonus months. Four. Not one, not two, not three, but four bonus months when you use the promo code OTT, plus the massive discount. 30-day money-back guarantee. Don't like it for whatever reason. Get your money back within 30 days. It, guys, it's a great way to support us. We're still holding on to the sponsorship after like three years, and it's only because you guys continue to uh, renew using the promo code OTT and get new subscriptions. So if you haven't yet, make it happen. Make it happen. And that's that's pretty much, that's it. I'm, I'm keeping it short and sweet. I'm well, keeping then it short and sweet. It's time to move on to movies and TV. Secret War got its official trailer, Mr. Black. I'm assuming you've watched said trailer. I did. Is this the start of Sam Jackson getting ready to bow out of the MCU, Mr. Black? I think Sam Jackson's going to stay with the MCU as long as they want. As th- dude, apparently this guy gets paid an obscene amount of money for just in anything that he's in, like ever. So it's easy money. The guy likes playing, fucking having fun in a little sandbox. Uh, the MCU is just going downhill, and it's going downhill so fast, so hard. It's painful. It's in free fall. Uh, it's a free. It's it. It is a free fall. Disney as a whole is free falling and it's free falling quick. The content's shit. Um, or if it's not shit, it's pretty lackluster. Oh, is so, it secret invasion and not secret war? Am I, secret invasion. Oh, my yes, bad. Oh, well, that tells you how much I care. Oh, there you go. Yeah. It ain't no it's secret my, that, uh, <laughs> Samuel Jackson is going to stick around just like he did in star Wars and every other, every other, and Samuel Jackson don't care, bro. Samuel Jackson is Samuel Jackson. He really he doesn't he care. Gives, he don't give a fuck if something's sinking as long as they give it, writing him a check and he gets to have some fun and he's doing his thing. It's not like he sucks. You do your thing. It makes sense if you think about it, Mr. Black, but I never really would have imagined it actually happening and I'm sure you've uh, read more into this than perhaps I have given, uh, given who's involved. Endeavor have announced that it has signed an agreement to bring together the WWE and the UFC under one roof a company and deal worth roughly $21 billion. Just when people thought that Vince was done, it looks like he's not going anywhere just yet. And he has a very large bag that he just collected. Now he's got that. He's even got the villain fucking mustache now. You see that shit? Vince is out here looking like a legitimate villain. Uh, But uh, all the same, there you have it. Uh, What are your thoughts on this? Have you read into the UFC side uh, uh, anymore? Yeah, I mean, the U- I've noticed that there are some like UFC commentators and stuff that have been dabbling and commentating in the WWE. There's a, 
Uh, some of them really, really enjoy the entertainment side. I think some of them kind of want to get a career because they're getting older and they can go over there and fucking, you know, fuck around and, 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 you know, play pretend. Um, you know, it's, it's not like they're working, I guess, in promoting together. They're two different companies. Um, but I'm sure that the UFC will use their social media and stuff like that and vice versa to, to help with some promotional stuff and kind of get more things out there. And at the end of the day, you've got, you've got the, the God tier promoter in Dana White, and you've got the God tier OG promoter in Vince, um, I was going to say Vince Carter, Vince Vince McMahon. (laughs) Yeah. Vince Carter. He's out out here. Yeah. 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 Shout out to Vince Carter. Um, (laughs) so, you know, under one roof, they've got, they've got two of the biggest, the biggest promoters, on the planet, um, doing it, pay-per-view kings. Um, they both understand promotion. They both understand how to put on a show. Um, yeah, I think it's a good. I think it's a good pickup. Um, I think it's going to allow them to. And the UFC is very, very connected when it comes to doing, um, getting stadiums and and stuff. Not saying the WWE ain't. I mean, they've been doing it longer than UFC, but. Um, I think, I think this is just a bigger play. I think you're going to see some retired MMA guys and gals, um, especially the females. I think, you know, look at like Ronda Rousey, for example. I think that there's, I think that there's going to be an, uh, like there, you're going to see like a wave of these like real fighters coming over to fight in the WWE when their contracts are, are done with the MMA stuff and they just want to kind of coast. Overall, I think it's a I think it's an interesting buy. It's one that I didn't see coming um at all. Um because typically the UFC fan is not necessarily the biggest WWE fan. I think we can all appreciate what WWE was. Um and even as a massive MMA fan as I am, I am not a fan of WWE and haven't been since like fucking attitude era when it was like in its prime for me. Um so that kind of threw me for a loop, but it's combat. It's the entertainment business and UFC has gotten more and more theatrical in terms of like, or performative in terms of like promoting uh, stuff, especially and, and the all the, like the pre fight stuff. Yeah. Correct. It's very, and I've noticed WWE now doing like press conferences and I've noticed triple H like talking about the gate numbers and, the pay-per-view buys and it's very Dana White. It's very, you know, they're, they're kind of, I know AEW was doing that. And I think WWE is kind of bit off sort of the good things that AEW was trying to differentiate themselves from. So we'll see what happens. I think it's great news for Vince. You know, it's very good news for Vince. He's still going to, I would imagine he's still running the show, calling the shots, at least for X amount of years until they usher in somebody else. That's going to do it, um, which will probably be Triple H. Um, but sure, good for the WWE. Big payout, big money. There, It just solidifies that WWE is going to be around for decades more, likely. And that's all I really have to say about that. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a huge deal from, you know, from my understanding... 
it's a it, well it's a bigger deal uh, than I would have expected because from my understanding you know if I remember correctly Vince has been really Vince has been making moves to try and sell the WWE for years now and there were a lot of of business decisions that he made and consolidation that he did uh of of um of services and pay-per-views and all this shit trying to package it all up to play nice for a buyer and it it the value went down quite substantially for a while and people were assuming that this was not a business worth a shitload of money anymore you know this was a business that was maybe worth one or two billion at best which when you consider the size and, and age of the wwe and the dominance that it's had for as long as it has that's not you know it's a lot of money but it's not what probably what vince would have liked to have seen and yeah. so vince waited bided his time continued to fucking figure it out you know hunter's been heavily involved in in some of the promotional stuff now as well and and running the shows uh to a degree where it's not as much vince and and things have been panning out uh, clearly uh aew started to falter uh, a little bit here in the last while perhaps because they were just signing too much talent uh, all at the same time and not giving the talent they had enough room on camera and so running into ironically a similar issue the wwe was and why so many talents talents were going to the aew were to get screen time and it created its own fucking monster on the aew side and it just ended up bringing the wwe back up yeah and now they, he's got a package that was clearly worth a lot more than one or two billion dollars uh, and has combined it with, as you said, I think this, even though I wouldn't, uh, I, like I said, I didn't see this coming, but it makes sense on paper. If you were going to put two promotions together like this, the UFC and the WWE yeah. under one roof. Yeah, and I mean, look, look at look at the, the deals they have with the with, with networks and different things like that UFC has. Um, and you know, Dana White's a shark too. Like he's, he's just going to go there and get, and get it. And I think Vince probably also looked at what these guys have done with the UFC after they bought it and they, they've grown it by billions of dollars. So he's probably thinking, okay, they got a proven track record. The audiences are like, they're very different, but they're, they're kind of the same. There's clearly um, some crossover, or otherwise they yes. might not have ever fucking gone in on it. But yeah, yeah it's, it's mean, not perfect. I mean, look at the demographic. It's it's probably going to be like you know, early twenty year olds all the way up to eighteen you know, to thirty five year old dudes. Exactly right. <laughs> so you know, and not only that, WWE fans, as they're young and they become older, they can get pushed into becoming UFC fans and MMA fans. So, you know, and, and WWE's got a lot of, a lot of kids that watch, watch the show, like in a, a lot of, you know, young teens. You graduate, so to speak, from one mm, promotion to truck. another. That's right. Mm. From weed uh, to coke. <laughs> uh, not surprisingly, Mr. Black, the, uh, the Mario movie doing pretty well in theaters. I think it had a 31 mil domestic, if I'm not mistaken, opening weekend somewhere in that neck of the woods. That's pretty good uh to say the least and and it was projected to be doing you know clearly also large numbers uh internationally uh however 
Also, as expected, Mario getting lambasted by critics because none of them like fun. All of them need everything to be a, uh, you know, a, 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 an Oscar performance, which was why I was shocked with the John Wick reviews. I was like, holy shit, this is just fucking weird to me that they're giving it such praise. Mario, shit on. Uh, like, just absolutely dumpstered uh, by critics. It is getting dumpstered on. I, I'm actually surprised. I thought the critics were, were going were gonna to rate this highly. Um, to be honest, because usually with like family animated films, they usually do pretty well as long as it's not a dumpster fire. I, dude, I have a feeling that this movie sucks ass. I actually, what's the I, uh, I, audience score right now? Oh, it's ninety six percent. The audience okay. score is massive. But from I, I've listened to about ten reviews of this movie so far from like people that I really respect. Um. And they basically say the movie. If if you're if you're a fan of Nintendo, like of Mario, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy the like every five ten minutes. There's like Easter eggs and just things that like they just do fan service very very well. But the movie itself sucks ass. Pretty much everybody that I said the story's bad. Um, it, it makes no sense at times. It's just a bad movie. But it's a great fan servicing film. So, like, if you're in it for the Nintendo, like, if you're in it for Mario, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna enjoy. It. It's gonna put a big smile on your face. But if you're in it to watch a coherent movie, apparently, it's fucking bad. Well, what's the name of the studio that did this? Illumination or whatever it's called. I fucking did, I um, it was Illumination. Yeah. So their track record is not good for that stuff anyway. Their animation work and stuff is always really good. But as for the movies themselves. They all have a very illumination. They have a, a they have a stamp. You can tell that it was made by illumination in terms of how they like storyboard the whole film. You know their their excessive use of shitty fucking like uh, pop referential music that doesn't make any sense, but they put it in there anyway because you have to have some shit in there that's like you know uh, I need a hero or fucking you know chariots of fire for the 90th time in a slow motion scene like that kind of like shit that you just don't need anymore, but they do it anyway. Um, so I, it's not shocking to me that it, it's perhaps, you know, not the greatest movie in that regard. I do think that even if it was an illumination, it was handed to like another, any other animation studio. I still think that ultimately Nintendo going in there would have been like, all right, so, um, we don't care if this plays to somebody that isn't invested in Mario at all. The size of the fan base for Mario is so big that we don't fucking care about bringing in new people. This is not how we're going to gateway people yeah, into you Mario. Are gonna care. You are going to care if Sonic out fucking beats you in the movies. I don't care what anybody says, bro. The Sonic, they're rated, they're rated well, and the fucking things make tons of money. Now, I thought for sure that Super Mario Bros. was going to make a billion dollars. Like, I'm like, there's no doubt in my mind that the movie's... With how bad this movie's being reviewed... I don't think it's going to hit a billion dollars anymore. I think this thing's going to make like half a billion, 600 million um, just off its name. I'd have to go and look up at the Sonic stuff. Like, for Nintendo to get beat by Sega? Under, under any circumstance, that's a bad look, bro. Because they fucking own Sega. Like, we're, this is Nintendo we're talking about. They put Sega there, out of business. There's a lot less. There's a lot less Sonic the Hedgehog fans than there than there are oh, Mario I, fans. Infinitely less. Infinitely yeah. less. And the fact that it's reviewing better, and the Sonic movies make fucking money. Now I understand the Sonic movies. It's a live action film 
that has animation in it. They're two, they're two different types, but bro, it's Sonic and Mario. Let's be real. Oh, I mean, uh, I, I don't think Nintendo would be happy to lose it, but I think going in, their opinion was probably, we are making this for Nintendo fans. We're not making this for the average person. That doesn't mean the movie had to be bad. I just think that, like, regardless of which animation studio did it, yeah. it wouldn't I mean, have it's made a, a family, deal. It's a family movie, so it's going to do well. It's Mario. It's going to do doubly well. I just I I fear that these bad reviews are gonna are gonna it's gonna it's drag gonna it down a bit. Office. I could be wrong, you know. The movie might end up having some like like I don't know how much money it's it just came out right. Like it just came out. Yeah, I think the opening. I think their opening was thirty one million domestic. I don't know what it did internationally. Because I don't know if it was a if I don't know if it was a uni- universal release or if it was staggered or what. Uh, let me see here. Super Mario mushrooming to 141 million, currently second best five day debut for uh, Illumination. So it's made 141. Okay, it's it's it's. I thought you said 30 something million. The domestic. Oh, domestic. Okay, yeah. yeah. So it's 140, 143 million uh, ish uh, on a five day. So it, it's really it's really strong. I mean, that's that's that's, that's good very, numbers. That's very good. So. You know, it actually might. It, it now that I'm seeing that number, I it it might get close. It it might be 700 million that it that it could make. I it's don't know. definitely I just, a movie where the reviews are less likely to really move the needle. It's probably gonna hurt. It's not gonna. I don't think any movie has ever really been helped dramatically by having every critic dumpster it. But I think if you go and read some of the critic reviews, it's kind of hard to. To fucking care because the points that which they're going to pick on it for are like in the grand scheme of things for the audience this is for doesn't yeah. fucking mean anything right yeah and 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 there is truth to that because like when i'm watching it like even the reviewers are like dude it's not a good movie but i'm telling you if you're a mario fan there is so much fan service in here that's going to put a smile on your face you're just going to have a good time just because of the stuff you're seeing on screen but the movie itself is pretty fucking shit yeah. so you know understandable it's for kids it's not for it's not for you and i i think they they if we can enjoy it great but it wasn't the easter eggs are for you and i the movie as a whole is to is for the children the youths the youth out there uh hbo harry potter show question mark i heard about that yeah uh apparently is in the works mr black each season would be dedicated to each of the seven books meaning that they would be targeting a full seven season reboot in series form uh and all i have here of course is uh the potterverse hasn't well i said i said well for let me say this first with just with that information do you, you know, in in my in my opinion this is a this is a this is a a, a risk for sure the Potterverse has not been smashing it out of the park lately. The video game has done well, but from a movie standpoint and the title, it's, it's faltering a bit. It's doing well because it's still called Harry Potter. That's, it's, it's on that name. So it's doing very well for that. But Fantastic Beasts and shit, like that was not a home run the way that maybe people would have expected it to be. The Dumbledore, last Dumbledore, you know, the, the tack on for that was not really good. Um, it, it was, it's, 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 it's there and it's making money, but it's not what people might have expected it to be in terms of its success. So to go out now and do a reboot of a series that is barely old enough 
for the people that grew up with it to start having their own children. Who is this for? Do, like, do I, as somebody that was in the rough age group of the targeted demographic of the, of the releases of the original movies and books, you know, I'm 34 now, I don't have my own kids yet, and even if I did, they wouldn't be old enough likely for this to really be for them. Is, if this is for me, do I want a reboot? If I ask myself, do I want a reboot? Do I want a Harry Potter series? Probably. Do I want a Harry Potter series that is a reboot of all of the movies in a book-by-book format? Less so, because I attach all of my nostalgia to the original actors and actresses and, and whatnot of the original films that also track the seven books. So, if it's done really well, this is where I say in my notes, it's a risk-reward situation. If it's done really well and it's HBO, clearly, it's probably going to do very fucking well. This is going to be an expensive project. It ain't going to be a dollar menu fucking project to do a Harry Potter series for seven seasons. That's just not going to fucking happen. This is going to cost some money. So it's going to be a risk. But do we think that that's a risk worth taking, Mr. Black, given everything we've we've been seeing lately? Or do you think this is maybe, even for HBO, biting off more than they can chew? This might be a surprising answer for me. But I think it's a good idea. Oh! Okay, elaborate. I'm not a Harry Potter fan, okay? I didn't even watch all the movies. I watched the first three. I haven't seen any other ones. Maybe, like, pieces of it on TV. Um, I think committing to seven seasons is probably a bad life choice because, you know, you can't really promise you're going to go through the entire catalog of Harry Potter before season one even comes out and the show might suck or it might not be well-received. And then you just, then what you have one season and then it's over, or maybe you get to season two or season three and it's done. Um, so that's a bit much, but what I will say is personally for me, I like the concept of Harry Potter. I think the world, I think the world of Harry Potter serves, could serve well as a TV show. When you get two hours or two and a half hours of Harry Potter on the big screen, it's very theatrical. There's fucking wands waving around, magic shit, dust flying around, riding brooms and shit. It's fun. But I think if we had gotten a Harry Potter movie, uh, or if we have gotten a a 10 episode, 10 hours of Harry Potter, opposed to a one, two, two and a half hour film, as long as the writing is good, they can really get into the world of Harry Potter and show us the details and really get attached to the world of Harry Potter, not necessarily the characters. Like when I think of Harry Potter and the things I liked about it, I like the characters, like the, 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 the three main characters and the bad dude. Like I like that, but I, I think I would enjoy the world a lot more if it was done right. And it has been long enough since the original Harry Potter movie that I can't really scream at the screen and say, why in the fuck are you doing this? Now, with that being said, they come up with Harry. If if this was like, we want to reboot Harry Potter movies from scratch, that's a huge no. That's like, go fuck yourself. Don't, no, don't do that. If they came out and said, hey, Daniel Radcliffe, 
uh, Emma Watson and 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 uh, uh, Rude, what's his face? Rupert, Ru- Rupert uh, uh, I can't remember whatever his, last his name. name is. They all want to get together and they want to do Harry Potter, another Harry Potter sequel after the events of whatever that happened in the last movie. Or maybe they're older and they have kids and they're teaching their kids. Maybe they're the instructors and stuff at the school and their kids are part of it. And you've got that dynamic and it's sort of passing the torch. I'm for that. I'm all for that. I think that would be a a cool thing. But could they afford to have all these actors and stuff come back? I don't know. Because they'd be asking for the fucking the moon and they would deserve it. So to to swing back to the show... I think the show is a decent idea as long and it's with hbo this is the reason why i'm saying okay they said this is netflix they said this is hulu they said this is peacock the answer is no we're talking <laughs> hbo here now hbo has got a pretty damn good track record when it comes to big properties and making their own series for said properties and this is going to trigger a lot of fucking people what I'm about to say right now, and I don't care. Be triggered. This also only works if J.K. Rowling has her hand on the entire thing. I'm not talking about just signing off on the rights where they write her a massive check. I'm talking you have the creator, the writer, the everything as an executive producer signing off on the shit that should be in there and should not be in there. Because if you got somebody else running the show and they have liberties to do whatever the fuck they want to do, they're going to fuck up your show. I'm telling you right now. I know a lot of people don't like her. She said some foul shit. She's got some, some ideologies that I don't agree with. It's fine. But it's her IP. It's her property. And she is the reason why it has been successful And she will be the reason why it continues to have any type of success moving forward. As long as you got her there, I'm not saying she needs to go and direct and be at the set and fucking shaking a stick, but she needs to sign off on the scripts, the ideas, and the the, the feel of the show needs to stay true to what it is and not some other fucking weird shit that they want to spin things around and, and no. That's my hot take. Some people are going to agree with it. Some people aren't. I think it's a decent idea. If it's HBO, and it sounds like it is, and I've heard about this as well, I'm for it. Casting is key. Writing is super key. And go for it. It could be successful. And you might actually enjoy it as much as the films, but in its own way, because you get more. I have basically the same thoughts. My my only thing is is that is that because of of the distance from the originals and and how the how the series uh, has been treated or not necessarily treated, but it's just not been a it's been a bit bumpy. It's not been a smooth go. It is a risk, and I think I think because it's HBO, they're the only ones that could likely take on that much risk and likely reap a reward. Because like you said, if it was anyone else, especially for like Peacock or some shit, write that shit. Prime, nah, right, right, all that. No, no chance. No. HBO has shot. It's still there's still risk, but it's HBO, and so you know if somebody's going to be able to pull it off, they're basically the only ones that you can trust right now to pull it off. 
And so we'll have to uh, we'll have to wait and see, but uh, certainly will be interesting uh, to see what I'm um, the casting. Everyone's going to be super interested in the casting. Going to be very interested in in perhaps how much it mimics the movies or the books because the movies are relatively different from the books, not just for the storyline or the story beats, but also the character personalities are pretty dramatically different between the books and the movies. And so, will we get a more true to the books version? Will we get more similar to the movies? Lots of decisions that will be fun to see how they come up with uh, solutions to should this project move forward. But if it does, whoo, seven seasons that is a uh, take that with a grain of salt. Let's huh. get through like one season and see where it goes. Cause seven you, is two. I, I think like the marker is if you can get past season two and you're still popular, you you're likely going to make it the rest of the way. But the well, first I mean, two seasons Mandalorian's doing right now, Mandalorian's dying real quick. Yeah. That, but Mandalorian like, wasn't like story real. rich enough to carry anything. Anyway, this already has seven books to go on Mandalorian. They like they sat in a room and said, "You know what? We got a cool character. He only has a minor backstory, but what if we tried to stretch that bitch over fucking like five seasons of television?" I, I haven't watched one episode of Mandalorian season three, and dude, I've I have I have seen some spoilers of some cameos that have been in the show, the story arcs. I ain't watching it. I'm done. I'm gonna. Oh, they're gonna in keep... full nostalgia dip mode oh, now. No, full. I, I, Season two, we've peaked. I'm out. And even at even even season two, I was starting to go. Eh. I could take I could take or leave this. I, I really think it, it probably should have just been a one season thing and just been like fucking done. Like find a yeah. way to make it all extend it, like to like yeah. make it a fifteen episode season. Yeah, and then just but fucking they leave had a it. Hit. So you know, with Disney, you gotta, gotta hit. keep going. You gotta, you gotta get fucking milk it till it's not a hit anymore. It's true, especially when you can sell all that merchandise, all those Grogu oh, yeah, dolls, those little, you know? Those little, little, little fucking baby Yodas. Baby Yodas pushing, pushing cash. Mr. Black, we got time to just squeak in uh, one or two little uh, things here in... Tech support. Patreon.com slash TV. $5 and higher now. That is a change that has been made. It's not on the page at this moment, but you're hearing me say it. Moving forward, because we are splitting it between the podcast and StarCraft, $5 and higher now allows you to ask questions on the tech support uh, post that goes up every week before the podcast. We do most of our StarCraft casting on the same day as the podcast, so we post it on the same time. You ask the questions right there. Don't look for a StarCraft-specific post. Tech support for the week, boom. $5 or more on Patreon. You can ask your questions. Let's see if we can just squeak in a couple here and then go cast some StarCraft, Mr. Black. First question. Uh, Dr. Samurai uh, says and asks, you guys have been scratching my nostalgia itch with bringing back casts and disgusting, discussing collecting cards last week. Do you have any go-to nostalgia activities, whether it's movies, video games, foods, etc.? What are your nostalgic activities, Mr. Black? Going in the movie theater is like, is, is ingrained in, I'm trying to get my son, like he went to one movie with, you know, and we ended up leaving during the climax. He got scared and it was loud. Although we did put him into the, into IMAX. So, you know, it's a bit much, but really threw him under the bus on that one. Threw, <laughs> threw him under the bus on that. Uh, but I just remember going to the movies with my dad. Like that was our thing. And we, he would usually let me bring a friend and uh, we would go to the movies like every week, every other week, especially during the summertime um so that's pretty nostalgic for me even when i go to the theater it's just it there's something about that that just makes me happy even if i'm by myself it's just my happy place so that's definitely that's definitely 
probably my biggest nostalgic mm. feel um, that I do as a regular activity. There's so for me, nostalgic activities once in a while, like a lot of people go back, watch there. Everyone's got movies that they feel nostalgic for. So I'll go back and watch movies that are in my nostalgic category movies. I can watch a million times over and never get bored of whether, whether they're a childhood movie or not, you know, some of my movies are nostalgic or not necessarily from childhood for, you know, for example, uh, I would say like uh, gone in 60 seconds. I'll go back and watch that movie once in a while. It's not that I watched it when I was six years old, uh, but it's a movie that's become nostalgic for me uh, so things like that i'll watch movies that are nostalgic uh music is music is nostalgic but usually i don't seek it out i don't sit down and go i need to listen to nostalgic music right now if it comes on the radio and it hits me the right way i'll turn the fucking radio up i'll jam out it's great fucking whatever but i'm not i don't technically seek it out foods of course Mm. that's when you go home and you know your you know your mom or your or if you still be lucky enough you got your grandparents somebody making you food from childhood that's the shit that's mm-hmm. the fuck and it's never the same when you make it for yourself so you gotta no. uh, you gotta appreciate what you got while you still got it situation you know what i mean you gotta go back and just have your nostalgia because it will still hit if you make it at home it'll still hit but it's not quite the same so stuff like that is obviously uh is obviously a bit nostalgic uh and of course games once in a while you go back you play some fucking you know you just you wake up one day and you'll be like i just need to play this game from like fucking 30 years ago i just turn, turn some shit on you play it for 15 minutes you have a good time you turn it off you haven't played again for another five years but that happens too but i would say predominantly movies for sure uh and uh and then you know and then there are other you know some other things like you know going down to the family home or shit like that that's very nostalgic for me but otherwise predominantly movies and food uh and the last one before we bounce over to some starcraft mr black let's see here i'm trying to see that some of these might make, uh, make more sense in a starcraft cast and some of them are good for here so here's one from uh nikki our resident uh website master Mm. said just got my four-year-old a switch oh yeah you two both have a four-year-old uh what are some simple easy games to get him started where is the best place to start out of all of the pokemon options for example well my son just started with uh with pokemon's uh what's the new ones called sword and shield no not that one no oh sorry scarlet scarlet violet scarlet so he's been he's beaten scarlet and uh we're getting him uh sword for easter okay and th- that's the only uh switch game and we we also got him a pokemon snap yeah he played um, snap yeah, yeah. He p- he's playing a bit of snap but he's enjoying the battling of the pokemon a little bit more than the photography stuff and it's a, it's still he's getting very good with the analog stuff but with the camera like when you got to zoom in zoom out look or it it just requires a little too a much little coordination too much hand-eye coordination you know he's definitely far ahead than probably most four-year-olds playing games i know sure shit was when i was but he's still like he can still do it but like the cart's moving and shit right so you gotta really you gotta really kind of i think when he's bro that shit was hard for me yeah it's when he's about six seven years old and he's got a couple more years in it'll probably be better so yeah uh scarlet scarlet's pretty good it scarlet did take him a little bit to like learn the menus and we had to like tell him you know, um, but like now he's good. Like now he's so good. He can just turn on the TV, turn on the switch, go to his profile instead of Kayla's. He can 
choose which Pokemon that he wants to swap in and swap out. He knows how to which Pokeballs are better than others for certain Pokemon. Like he's got it down, so he's playing it like a normal a normal kid would. Uh, yeah, any of the Pokemon games are fine to start with, really. I mean, Snap, like Jeff said, can be a bit in- intensive, but I can under I can understand. Uh, you know, he still likes it, but it's different because it is it is a little bit more difficult, and, and battling would be more engaging for anyone, especially a four year old. Um, and so yeah, you could pick any of them really. And then other than that, other than Pokemon, I don't know. I'm like anything. I think I think Jeff hit on it with talking about how Kai struggles a bit with the hand eye coordination for Snap. So I think the primary driver there is just finding games that require. You know, they have, require hand-eye coordination, but maybe reduce the amount of shit that they have to do at once. So, mm. like, anything that's a platformer that only has, like, you know, you're only going left and right, up and down, uh, you know, with jumping. So, side-scrollers and things like that might also be viable. So, the Mario titles are probably fine, Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, to, to start, uh, you know, to do some stuff with. Uh, because, again, it's only, you know, it's like three buttons, uh, two dimensions. Uh, and, uh, and the camera's not constantly, well, there's some levels that auto scroll, but you know, there, we were playing Mario at four. I'm sure that the, this age is fucking kids at four are going to be okay with Mario, uh, because they're a lot better than we were when we were four yes. years old. That is true. And so that's probably not bad. That's it. Ladies that's and it. gentlemen, that's a technical alpha. We were close. We were close. 13 minutes over. Not too bad. Uh, but, uh, we made it, you know, we, we made it closer to our target than usual. We'll, uh, we'll keep working away at it, but Hey, for those of you stuck in traffic, you got an extra couple of minutes in and now it's time for us to head on over and record some Starcraft content, uh, for everyone out there also looking to be nostalgic. Uh, but until next week, thank you once again, patreon.com slash lag TV. If you want to financially support this bad boy and the Starcraft content that's about to follow. And until we see you guys next week, stay safe out there. Have a good weekend, Easter weekend, actually. So if you celebrate, great. And if not, well, just buy something tasty anyway. It's a good excuse. And until then, peace. Peace.